I thought we could do some quite interesting links because even though our work is very different, it's both quite interested, particularly with this series that you've done, um, about movement. And um, I quite like the idea of like having quite different subjects together, but with like a link in between. It seems like people have been pretty, pretty interested in it. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm your host, Aronet, and this week's episode is something a little bit different. It's the second instalment in a mini sub-series I'm doing on this podcast called the Flying Fruit Bowl Talks. The focus of the sub-series is to be a bit more timely and focus on a particular exhibition or body of work from an artist as opposed to a deep dive into an artist's work, and it's something that I would love to do more of in the future now that people are exhibiting a lot more regularly since the pandemic. Earlier this week, the very awesome Constance Regazzo, an artist who I've interviewed previously for the podcast, reached out to me to let me know that she is currently exhibiting some work over in London with fellow artist Lee Putman and um, asked me if I wanted to just sit down and talk to them about it. Of course I said yes because talking to artists is cool. So this conversation is about their joint collaborative venture called Moves Like Water. Moves Like Water is a joint exhibition by artists Lee Putman and Constance Regazzo, currently on display at the Curious Kudu Gallery over in Peckham, London. The show is on until April the 29th, so if you're over in London, please go ahead and check it out, as both their works are incredibly amazing, and it's a great way to support local artists. I had a great time talking to both Lee and Constance for this episode, and I really hope you enjoyed the conversation too. The best place to start, I guess, would be if you want to introduce yourselves and kind of give us a little brief summary of your work. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Lee Department, and most of my work is uh, portraiture. Um, I guess you could describe it as a mixture of realism and expressionism. And I mostly focus around wildlife um, in a lot of my work, uh, kind of online for socials um, but for my fine art aspect of my work I focus on depicting street dancers and movement. I'm, um, I'm Constance, I'm 28 and I've uh, been a full-time artist for two years and my work is all focused around water or bodies in water, uh, working in mostly large-scale oil paintings in a representational style. Mm. Mm, that's perfect. So how did the opportunity for the show come about? So I had a friend who'd exhibited here uh, just over a year ago and I kind of came along to her show and she said um, you should you should think about doing it and I got in touch with the gallery but they ask everyone to show in pairs just because oh. it means you, you can kind of fill the space for a little bit more and I kind of wondered about who I was going to ask but I um I was absolutely amazed by Lee's work at the other art fair, that one particularly. First thing I saw and I was like, wow. Um, and um, I thought we could do some quite interesting links because even though our work is very different, it's both quite interested, particularly with the series that you've done, um, about movement. And um, I quite like the idea of like having quite quite different subjects together, but with like a link in between. And um, it seems like people been pretty pretty interested in it so yeah yeah man yeah it's good response yeah so i'm kind of curious like what is the approach to combining your work yeah well i mean just kind of like off the back of what constance said like we like we exhibited at uh, an art fair called the other art fair last year in july and we just really liked each other's work i mean 
we kind of invited a lot of people to the fair because it spanned over the across uh, a course of four days. And every time um, people would come to see us, they would always talk about the other person's work and we would keep saying yeah. how much we liked their work. Um, and then, yeah, kind of like Constance said, so she uh, she was aware of this place um, and the opportunity to exhibit as a, a joint exhibition. And she just hit me up and said, look, I really like your work. And she knew I liked hers as well. Like, I'm a big fan of what she does. And, um, yeah, I just figured that because we both portray figures um, and movement, but in very different ways, and we just figured it would be a really good opportunity to kind of get our work in an environment, have a connection between it, but still have enough difference to keep people engaged and different audiences come in. Yeah, because actually that's the interesting idea, is like the crossover between your audiences, how that, like, both of the activities you depict have an interesting crossover because for me, like the crossover that I see would be endurance, like the activities that you have to endure, you know, it's like there are um, things that you have to actually apply yourself to much like an artist applies himself to their craft, you know? So I was kind of curious, like why is paint a good medium to express these activities? So, I mean, I love oil paint because it just has this kind of incredible fluidity to it. And because it has this really extended drying time, um, you can, it, for me at least, it gives me a lot of freedom to kind of really, really work into like the very like minute detail and things. But also it can allow you to have much kind of bigger, more expressive strokes. And I just think it's great, like no two people will paint in exactly the same way. It really kind of allows you to do a lot of different things. Um, but you do, if you're the, you're not just oil paint, so... Yeah, I think, uh, like, I really want to jump on the back of that. Like, I think this is completely right. Like, you can do so much with oil paints. Like, that, that was what I got advised before I started painting a few years back, that, that you can kind of do what you want with it. And I've, I assume yours is you're the same, but I found that to be really true. And, I mean, there's a lot of spontaneity in my dance and my movement and my, my paintings. And I like the aspect of being able to have different um, artistic supplies or mediums around me at hand in case I want to jump between them. Um, and as fun as acrylic is at working quick with it, once it dries, it's very difficult to kind of move and change your mind or kind of play with things. And I think with oils, it really gives that freedom of being able to play over a longer period of time. So I quite like that. Yeah, there's a sense of control as like a central theme in both of your works in terms of the way that like, again, like you have to be controlled with what you're doing because it's like, you know, within swimming, for instance, like you have no control because the water is like, you know, this weird liminal space. Whereas in dance, you're, you know, your mind is in control because, you know, you're within your own mind. It's kind of interesting mm -hmm. that kind of the idea of limbo and kind of the idea of like this liminal mental state is kind of what ties your work for me together. That's really interesting. That's a really great take, but I'm, I was actually meaning to ask you about this. Like how do the moves you're doing dance, do they feel very controlled or not so much? Yeah, especially with popping. Like popping is the dance style that I, I portray in my my paintings, um, and it's like we call because uh, there are different dance styles in street dance, and the, the dance style of popping we kind of we leave it to the the technicians or the kind of the thinkers of the scene, you know, of, of the dance of street dance because it's um it's it's the idea is to create illusions with your body, so you really have to be conscious of what it is that you're doing. Like, kind of be have high proprioception, really be aware of, of how your body looks to others whilst you're doing it. And um, so, there's um, yeah, you need a massive amount of control. But because we, uh, a lot of us come from a competitive background, so we compete with dance quite a lot. And the environments that we compete in require us to to be spontaneous. So we'll constantly be creating, we'll be dancing to music we've never heard of before in quite high tense environments. So 
let's say if me and Constance were having a, a dance competition, like it would That'd be a case. <laughs> I feel confident. But yeah. it'd, be, it'd, be, um, it'd be a case of like Constance would go and then I would go and we would have about a minute each and it'd be a song that we've never heard of and we need to try and uh, kind of almost like physically debate with each other. But it's like there's a there's only so much you can have because you're kind of just uh, almost giving yourself to the situation, you know? That's really interesting, actually. And so also the thing that I love about both of your works is that it's very educational. They're, they're like they're kind of activities and topics that are like far from the norm in terms of like we don't know much about them we might see them but we don't know much about them and you're kind of bringing them into light and kind of actually educating us on like the different aspects of either like wild swimming or, or street dance and i actually really like that i think that's really clever because not only are you able to have an exhibition like you could go and give like lectures and talks to universities or schools and stuff and talk about not only just the work itself but also the actual activity because something you both have participated in or do participate in as well so I'm kind of like actually curious like how your own life experiences play a part in the work. I mean, I, I, I think, well, definitely for me, and I know there's for you, it, it has a very big, big impact. And I mean, I, I loved kind of what you were saying with about control with swimming, because that's, that's quite a big thing in my work, because you kind of have to relinquish control to some extent. Yeah. Like you're in an environment and you're very small in it. Yeah. Um, and then all this kind of thing, I'm really kind of pulling a lot of ideas into my work about the idea of like holding a breath. So it's, you're putting yourself in this kind of slightly perilous position, but also at the same time, you have absolute control over it. You decide how long you want to kind of hold that lung pull. And yeah, so that's been a really interesting idea for me. About it being educational, I find a lot of people have some experience at least with swimming. So I'm, I'm, and, you know, I don't consider myself like an expert with it. It's mm. something that I, and I quite like that I feel like a bit of a novice in that area anyway. So maybe that's interesting. Um, you're probably a lot more kind of experienced in your own field, I guess. I've been saying swimming. No. <laughs> sure, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't ask you that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I guess it's, it's quite an interesting question how the life experiences have affected it because there's a bunch of stuff that's going to affect you growing up that you're not going to be aware of, right? Yeah. Obviously, that's going to play a massive influence. And then to try and measure how much influence those things have on you is quite difficult too. Um, so it's always, I think questions like that are always quite difficult to answer. That I never really know kind of where to begin. Um, I guess if I take kind of direct um, inspiration or, or, or make an observation uh, about the, the actual things that appear in the work, I would say that street dance has raised me about uh, like late teens and 20s. Know, for like difficult periods like the, the community is quite esoteric um but really and i think for a lot of people surprisingly welcoming um and it's how do i say it it's um yeah it's very meritocratic so it's like um i'm quite used to the idea of uh you're uh, you're as good as much as you can contribute to a situation or like kind of as useful and in the dance scene it's very much that that if you're useful, people really appreciate what you have to offer and there's no kind of other politics involved in that it's just effort um, and effectiveness and it's I never really experienced that anywhere else and I think my sense is uh, I really want to give back to the scene so if I can shed light on them bring contributions whether it's um, through finances or even status raising kind of the perception of street dance in different art scenes yeah. um, and I can give that back to the people that have helped raise me then and you know, that's kind of uh, it's kind of really what it is that I want to do with it. And that's kind of how I would say how it's contributed to 
or shaped a lot of the stuff that I'm making now. Yeah. So that's nice. It's nice that you have considerations of your work outside of just, oh, I want to create a nice image. Like it's nice to understand or kind of think about that. You actually have thought about it. You've thought about the future of your work. I think a lot of artists don't necessarily think about that. But I'm very, very curious because when I was reading the statement on the Curious Kudu website about the show, the first thing they mentioned is that you both paint from photographs as a reference. And as somebody who takes photographs, I'm kind of curious, like, what does a painting do that photograph doesn't? One of the things that, I mean, I think is different between a photograph and a painting by the amount of time that goes into it, whereas photography has this kind of immediacy to it. Um, And I think I'm quite drawn to, I know you play around with your photos a lot more and you kind of combine them, whereas I'm quite direct um, in Mm. how I use mine. But... So I don't change the image very much, but I'm quite drawn to images that have almost kind of like natural abstraction or kind of like a slightly surreal quality to them. And I think that kind of like gives you a door and then you play around that when you translate it into painting. I like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's an interesting question because like we get uh, the pictures or, or videos or the footage of my dancers, um, but... I, really, I don't know, I like photography. It's, it's weird because I, I kind of feel like the uh, the conversation usually around this is kind of comparing the two, like hmm. which one could be used in place of another. Um, but I just think they work really well together. But a lot of the, the, the images that I get are, um, I don't know, they're like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, but I also like manipulating it. Like I spend maybe a couple hours just playing with different effects in Photoshop just to kind of exaggerate the movement tell a different story embellish you know because i feel like um like we're kind of we're storytellers and i quite like the idea of taking something that is real and then exaggerating it to just i don't know play with people's imaginations and lead them somewhere a little bit and i feel like with with painting i can just do that in a more physical way like in a more uh, analog way you know like it's um i quite like i don't really see photographs or photography any different than i would to digital art you know like I just mm-hmm. I feel like you can play around with it the same it's just a different it feels different as you're doing it but yeah I just enjoy both I was just curious because there was that was like what was highlighted in the uh statement about the, the work and I was like that's kind of interesting because I think it's nice to see artists who actually create from their own photographs as opposed to like other people's photographs or from like something else because I think it's it means you're very kind of the director of your own work which I really like you know, there's something nice about that that I have a lot of respect for. I mean, I think it just means makes you very connected to your subject. Like when I when I very first started doing this, like getting getting the kind of images I want to work from was a challenge. So I I, I had some of my really early paintings where like I wasn't present when it was taken, but they were like maybe friends took things for me. But you um, kind of you can't insert yourself into it in the same hmm. way. I find like I, I when I'm the either taking the photos or modeling for the photos, it, you, you know how it felt on the day and you have an idea of yeah. what you want to put across into it and the painting. Yeah. And you become part of the work yourself in many ways. Yes. Yeah. Probably sometimes too much. <laughs> but it's also nice because it also becomes part of your history as an artist, you know? it's And you look at the work on the wall and it's not just, oh, this is a great image I painted. It's also like, this is a moment in time I captured. You know, I think that makes it a lot nicer. I don't know. There's something nice about that. So I have some individual questions for the both of you. So we'll start with Constance. And actually, I like the idea of going back and forth. So I'll do that because that's a clever idea. Um, so Constance, what role does water play in your work? I mean, it's kind of the linchpin, I suppose. I am, 
people talk about my work as being portraits, but I, I don't really think of it like that. Um, sometimes people do, sometimes they don't. I, I try and, definitely in some of them, I try and make the water kind of as integral as the figure, because um, it really is kind of about that experience of being in water. And I kind of, when I, when I first started trying to like write about my work and trying to understand what it meant, I quite liked the idea that like, when you swim kind of everything else falls away and you just kind of become this body that's just trying to balance this kind of push pull, like moving through it. So I, I like trying to make paint the water with the same attention that I give the figures. Sometimes the figure kind of comes a bit more to the foreground, but like that's something that I'm quite conscious of. Um, so it's trying to kind of celebrate like the environment as much as the figure interacting with it for me. Yeah, because I think what's interesting to me is that like the water is almost its own character. You know, it's not just a place that the figure is in, it's almost its own character because it's like the yeah. the way that the water, it's like, it's an interesting balance between the, the person and place. And I think the person feeds the place and the place feeds the person. You know, it's kind of interest, that interesting duality between the open space and enclosed space, because, you know, you're enclosed within your mind, but you're open within this body of water. You know, there's a lot of dualities in your work that I really enjoy, particularly the idea of like, almost like liminal space in the state of like limbo. I want to kind of ask you like, is the idea of like liminal space or limbo or the water kind of being like almost like an escape or a retreat, like kind of part of your work? I'm just going, I'm going to talk about duality a little bit first, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah, I, go ahead. I, for me, that's really, really important. Um, and particularly, again, it's something I've been trying to write about, but some of the um, newer work I've been doing actually doesn't have a figure in it at all. And what I find really interesting in those pieces is you have um, the undulations that you get in the water, you get these very like reflective surfaces where you're kind of getting bounced back of your surrounding area. But then you also, in the other surface, you get these basically completely glassy panels where you see through to kind of what's going on underneath. And I, I love that you have both of those different things going on that are very, very different and probably wouldn't work as a full image themselves, but are kind of fused together, kind of, there's kind of a harmony in that. Um, and I really like the idea that like one of those faces is basically just reflecting back the world around it. It's, you're not really seeing the water, but then the other side um, is incredibly exposing and it's kind of showing straight through it. So that's something that I've been, been thinking about quite a lot. Um, as for being a liminal space, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think I started kind of saying this earlier, but I like that it's this, everything else kind of gets suspended. Um, and it's, it's something that I've been finding quite interesting. Like I am, um, I go swimming outdoors and sometimes you don't, but sometimes you end up having quite interesting conversations with people who are doing it as well, because just for kind of safety reasons, you have to go in like small groups and it attracts a lot of people who have, um, who use it basically as kind of like a, a like release for mental health issues. Um, and yeah, I think there's something very kind of, um, yeah, beneficial to people about just doing something that kind of takes you so out of your head and puts you so in your body, I guess. Yeah, because it's like a very visceral feeling being in a body of water. Like it's like you feel it. And the cold. Exactly. Like you feel it. Like it kind of, it's a nice reminder to it that you're alive, I think. It's like walking in the rain. Like it reminds you that you're alive. You know. Yes. 
Oh, this is this is gonna make me cool. But I took my I took my sister about exactly two years ago, probably today, and she didn't enjoy it at the time, but she kind of came out and she was buzzed from the like the energy of it. And she's like, I just have never felt so alive. But it mm. does it does do that. Yeah, absolutely. There's something about yeah, so particularly the cold that makes you feel alive in a weird way. But yeah, absolutely. So Lee, let's talk about your work for a minute. So. Your work features a diverse range of dancers. Like, so how does your work contribute to the larger conversation of representation and diversity in the art world? So, I'm not sure uh, specifically how yet. Um, I know how I'd like it to. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not sure how yet. I think, I think it's too early on to be able to say exactly how, how it does, because I think until I expose it to more people, until I get some more um, kind of honest and transparent opinions about the representation of street dance in these types of environments, I don't know. But in terms of how I want it to, it's quite specific. It's kind of like twofold, really. One is to, to increase perception of what it is that people like me and us do. So to not see that kind of look on people's faces when you tell them oh, I'm a professional dancer or I've been one and they say oh what do you do and you say street dance and they go oh okay but there's this uh this kind of understanding that we both have that they don't really take you that seriously um so it's uh, I think it's me is trying to shed a light on the uh the similarities between the uh the disciplines of kind of the lower quote-unquote art of, of street dance or whatever and, and the higher art quote-unquote like contemporary jazz tap modern ballet whatever and in terms of uh you presentation of for me it's just a case of not making um race or gender a thing hmm. you know not making it a thing to highlight like like i get that it's a, a big staple in a lot of people's personality especially since maybe 2020 um uh, it's kind of coming to the kind of public's conversation a lot more. Um, but from in my environment, it's really the street dance really is accepting of, of anyone and anyone. And I don't, like I said, it's really American. I don't really care about how you identify, what you look like, what disabilities you may have. It's just a case of what can you do and how effective can you be with what you have? And let's appreciate that. And then let's grow that. And I just want to identify that in the work. So I've got, um, so there'll be a, a lot of, um, like uh, black men or, or, or women in my in the, the art that I make, and it's only because they're the people that I like watching. And it's to use the term normalize, you know, like to try and kind of normalize the, seeing these people in uh, in this medium and in these spaces. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's important. We need full representation of everybody in society yeah. through art, not just a minority or a majority, because it's not it's not fair. Like the world is diverse. Uh, and we need to see that within the arts realm. I mean, this is 2023. I mean, we, you know, diversity shouldn't, we shouldn't have to be asking for diversity because we should already have it. But, you know, I think it's, uh, it's good that you're thinking about them in terms of like how your work could be seen by people. Um, because I think this is also the problem is that you can run into is that people, you don't want your work just to be a trend. You want your work to actually be, it's like to stand on its own and be like, actually, this work is powerful because you've created it. Not because, because of like whatever else is trending or whatever, you know, other people think about current news or whatever. So I think, you know, I like the fact you're thinking about it logically from all angles, not just, oh, I'm going to create this work just to top on a trend and then be gone, you know? And that's really cool. Thanks. I think it's Appreciate nice be because it, what I like about what you said about your work as well is that like you've, you're forward thinking, or both of you are very forward thinking. You're not just thinking about, let's make this really nice image and sell it for a lot of money. You're like, oh, actually, what impact is it going to have both on me 
already in your own lives, but also on the lives of the people. Because, you know, art is a conversation and clearly you'll both have something to discuss. So that's quite nice. You know? Could I add something just yeah. to that when we do one? Because it was, I um, I didn't actually like have many kind of art conversations on our opening night, but one, I, one that I did was kind of asking me about gender in my work. And mm. I spoke about that, and I actually kind of said that one of the things I really like about yours is you don't paint men and women differently at all. So I've done them exactly the same way, mm. um, which I isn't always the case. I think in art, in the arts, and yeah, that's something I really like. To work. Interesting. Thanks. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's just like I mean, even as you're saying that, I hadn't thought. I can't even think how I would paint them differently. You know, like. Because, like, again, the idea is that the fact that Camilla is a woman, was Camilla is one of the dancers that I portray, or, or breaks the one behind me, or, or Abe, or whoever else I'm portraying, it's like, it's just that's not the important bit, you know? Like, the important bit isn't to highlight her femininity. Like, if she wants that highlighted, she'll do that in her dance, and then I'll just mm-hmm. highlight that however she portrays it to me. You know? But the idea is I'm trying to represent the movement that they do that I love. So yeah, it's like, yeah, that's that's cool, man. That's cool that you can see it that way. Yeah, I like that. I like that. No, that's a that's just a really interesting topic in general, in terms of just like how men and women are portrayed in art very differently, in terms of like, mm. you know, is there a, an agenda behind it when someone's painting a man or a woman, or is there like a certain discourse, or you know, that's kind of an interesting topic. Probably the one for today, but it's definitely an interesting topic that I think actually I should probably raise on my podcast generally, actually. Um <laughs> kind of subject viewer dynamic is always interesting. Um so constant so photorealism so why create work that is if not photorealistic at least extremely realistic like why is that important to you why is it important for us to look at this work and feel like we're part of it i think i find the world very interesting and like when i first you know like when i was very young and first started trying to make art it was about trying to replicate the world Mm -hmm. um and yeah i guess kind of like a tendril of that kind of stage three like i i I'm, I'm being quite intentional that I want to get a little bit looser with some of my mark making, um, but I don't think I'll ever, you know, I think I'll always be very, very representational in what I do, probably till the day I die. Um, and yeah, I think you're just kind of given the kind of like really amazing visual spectacles. And for me, kind of deviate too much from that would just feel not right somehow. So the reason I ask is because obviously your work is, you know, obviously very realistic but also like extremely detailed like extremely detailed and i'm kind of like i'm I'm always kind of curious like why put yourself through such painstaking details when one could argue you could create something that's a little bit more Mm. abstract and and talk talk about it through like the actual eyes of somebody swimming because you know if you're in the water and you're looking ahead what you see isn't clear is is actually quite you know kind of um blurry and kind of you know almost hazy and dreamy you could have created images that look like that for, to get the viewer into the actual point of view experience of somebody swimming. That's, that's so interesting. And it's, it's like one of the things that I do love when, when I swim is that actual visual of like your hands kind of going out in front mm. of you and then as they get kind of distorted. Like I love seeing that. But yeah, that's not how I paint at all. I kind of, um, you're quite removed. Yeah, you are very much more removed from it when you're painting. I mean, and maybe that is going to be something that's going to change because I, in the past, oh, when did I get it? Just over a year ago, I got an underwater case uh, for mm. my camera. 
Oh, really exciting oh, stuff for that. I'm jealous really of that. Cool. Yeah, and um, I mean, only one of the paintings that we have in the show, the one in the front window, is taken on an underwater case. Um, but that, yeah, that I do find quite interesting because obviously the the above water ones, you're a little bit removed from it as the viewer. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons I was kind of drawn to it to kind of get a little bit more proximity. But as for detail, that's that probably like reflects just kind of what I'm like. Um, I think there's there's like a certain I mean, when I tell people these take me people can be quite shocked with it and I think I just kind of have this like slightly kind of obsessive undercurrent to me that just allows me to be like okay I'll spend the next hundred hours on this thing and like that's great dedication though that's the thing it's so much dedication like it it obviously works out well because your images are like gorgeous and to see them in real life would be phenomenal because they're so much so detailed it always just kind of just amazes me that you know you have so much detail in your work but yeah I'm just I'm always surprised by it Thank you. Um, so Lee so you're talking about style actually which is actually kind of an interesting uh almost so what's interesting about your work both of your works is that it's they're quite they're not opposite but they're very different in terms of the actual styles themselves because you know whereas Constance is very detail orientated you know Lee's is very like more you know expressionist almost abstraction almost kind of that netherworld between the real and the abstract you know I, I don't know which I the kind of work that I love so I'm kind of really curious about your style, kind of quote unquote the style of your work, like kind of like your work is not just oil paintings, but mixed media. Like how does, you know, mixed media play a role in your work and why choose mixed media? Yeah, I guess it, I think it serves a few purposes, you know, like there's um kind of the aspect, like kind of the more conceptual aspect of it is that if you break art down to kind of abstract work, you get to appreciate the, the fundamentals of it, right? Like shape, color, line, form, composition, that kind of thing. And I think with with what I'm trying to do in terms of represent, uh, representing street dancers, I'm trying to get people to see the nuance of what we do. So to realize that the same things that you appreciate in ballet as a dance form, you know, um, like discipline and dynamic movement, um, control, um, uh, like performativity, all of these things that we, we express those um, in street dance too. And anything, if you appreciate those things, you might be able to find a love for that there. And I think the same thing for street aesthetics or so any kind of like graffiti or tagging that you might see as an art form. We work based on the same principles, uh, same color principles. Um, we employ color theory, maybe not in a conscious way that maybe find an artist to do, but we've been that way. We work big with uh, composition, line, shapes. And um, so it's, it's for me, it's uh, incorporating the two and showing that they, even if they don't sit quite harmoniously together all the time, um, that you can appreciate that kind of work in a fine art space you know um so i think uh, kind of conceptually that's how i would say it fits um and then the other aspect i would say it, it kind of fits uh in terms of me playing with art you know like yes i have a goal with with what it is that i want to do uh, but that feels more like a responsibility that i i've i kind of taken on board and i want to do and the other aspect of, of just playing is that i like to flip between things quite a lot so using mixed media allows me to to, to stop oil painting all of a sudden, pick up an oil stick or a charcoal or a bit of spray can or something, and I can just make marks and shapes that I like. Um, and it's quite, I guess the word would be autotelic, you know, like just to try and enjoy it for the sake of doing it. But to do so, I need to have a lot of things around me that, um, I, like I said, I can jump between, but without feeling inhibited or without feeling like I don't really know what it is that I'm doing. So I feel like I have to learn each medium 
quite specifically, learn how to use oil pastels, charcoal, how to draw, how to paint. Um, and then I can play with them kind of ad hoc and just and flip between. So it's, it keeps me engaged. Um, and I also think, I guess the last one is it, it helps keep the aspect of spontaneity in there as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, a big thing about our dances is that we're all freestylers, but we, the, the, the way that we, uh, the word that we use is rate each other, but the way we uh, kind of appreciate each other's uh, artistry is, is how you can use your skills at any given moment to create something that we've never seen before. And to do so, you need to have a, a high control over each concept or, or aspect or attribute of your dance. To be able to think, okay, well, the music's taking me X way or in Y direction, and but I need to stop what I'm doing, or I need to transition into this next type of movement to be able to do that. And I think with the painting, because I have music on, I dance a lot when I make art, and it's uh, so I, I kind of feel like, okay, cool, I've, I've been painting oils for maybe two hours. I need to stop. I need to put some charcoal, or I need to throw some paint at it, or I need to kind of turn it upside down and do something with spray cans, or you know, like whatever keeps it spontaneous, whatever keeps it moving. Like, so. See, I think the idea of play is yeah. so important as an artist. And I think the fact that you're able to do that within your work and it still look, you know, cohesive at the end is actually quite, you know, there's quite talent there because sometimes, you know, because there's always like a boundary that I wish you kind of, you're kind of lie because there's only so much you're going to do to change the image because, you know, you're not going to just paint the whole, you know, canvas black and then be like, let's start again. You know, there's always like a boundary. But I'm also really curious, like, have you ever like done a live painting before i feel like that'd be really good for you live as you like paint the, the model the dancers live yeah like do like a painting live like say like in a gallery space or something like do like a live painting with you know possibly like a crowd of people watching you or something like that i think that would be really interesting for you because you're working yeah. spontaneous thank you yeah the, the only time I, the only time i've done that is when i participated in portrait artist of the year ah. so we had to do it live then i was able to do the a portrait within like four hours um okay. that's the only time but I really enjoyed it, man. Like the idea of of interacting with people and people seeing the performance of it because it's like it's quite it's yeah. quite weird, isn't it? Like, like the idea of um, seeing a person in their practice it gives so much, right? Like if like because artists, I mean, by nature, I think we're quite uh, insular, you know, and our work we're quite isolated from people. So it's like the idea of getting to see someone in their practice and enjoy that space with them. Not only I don't, yeah. as entertainment. I it's cool but even for people that like painting as well i think it's really interesting you can watch not just what an artist is conscious of but how they move or, or when they're making a decision or, or kind of what breaks they take or, or what stuff is spontaneous what isn't or maybe how structured or detailed it might be you know so i haven't done more than just that but i agree with you i think it'd be really fun i think because your process is very improvisational is very kind of it's considered but not considered at the same time i think it'd be really interesting to watch but then also in a way that isn't going to make you feel like you're being watched if that makes sense i feel like if you there's the camera in the room with you you're very very conscious of what you're doing you become very conscious as opposed to like you know i mean then again i guess for a crowd of people are saying you'd also be very conscious but you know it's kind of like i don't know it'd be interesting to see your practice i feel like like viewing you creating a painting is like a spectacle I think that'd be, I think for me, like, that's the interesting part of it. Like, is, as you said, like the performative, the performative nature of creating a painting is not something that we're already privy to. I think there's something interesting mm -hmm. in that idea alone, actually, that maybe you should explore. I don't know. And that's actually really interesting. It makes me kind of curious to like make a, make a series of people painting, but you know, it makes it kind of like really curious in terms of like, 
maybe that's what the general public, for instance, need to see for them to understand how much time and effort goes into making art. Because, you know, we don't say that, you know, they don't say that, you know, Do you I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I feel myself paying that. In terms of the camera, because of, uh, I say, maybe it's not obvious that because of my background in dance, like I've done a lot of commercial work. So I've performed in uh, like uh, theatres, commercials, music videos, stadiums, all that stuff. So the idea of people watching me do my practice is that, um, is, I don't know, it's kind of not even like uh, comfortable, but it's, it's kind of exciting, you know, like to the idea of having people around you because it's, um, I think, especially as well, because uh, we've done some, like I said, we, we build ourselves based on competition. The idea of, of having someone watch me play is such a familiar concept, you know, that it's like it feels, um, yeah, it feels, the idea feels nice. So, yeah, I think I, I, will, I will play with that, actually. That's a, yeah, that's cool. I find that kind of interesting. I, I used to find the idea of, like, people watching you paint really disconcerting really yeah I I I like I think I'm like quite in some ways quite self-conscious um but I it's strange after the other art fair I had a couple weeks off and I went out to Canada but I filmed myself loads easy there wasn't any kind of like reason to not do it and I could actually like stand up when I was there which I can't do as much at home how did you find the, uh, sorry to kind of oh, hijack the question. No, no, sorry. absolutely perfect. Out of this, is perfect. <laughs> the, the part of the filming process of like, like you said, like, yeah. It's I do not as neat as yours. Well, no, I was going to say, because part of the filming process is that um, it forces you to take breaks because you can't just, unless you've got the camera equipment before it, you can't just record yourself yeah. for eight hours and, um, and chop that off. So yeah. how did you find that experience of being, all right, cool, I've got, X amount of time on my camera or phone to record myself and I need to be conscious of that. Yeah. Well, I I think I've said this to you before. I normally, not all the time, but I would say probably about 90% of the time, I work pretty solidly for like an hour. Um, yes. and I and I take a picture of, of how it's progressing at those kind of hour markers. Oh. And for me, like that means I can be like, right, okay, I want to paint for 12 hours today. And I know that I'll have done like exactly 12 hours, discluding my breaks. Um, or like however long it is sometimes it's not 12 12 is quite a good day um but um but yeah I mean I would have time I, I have done it sometimes where you're just really really into it and you're like oh my god it's been like an hour and 45 minutes and then some days you're really not feeling it as much and you're like it's only been 40 minutes I've got to do another 20 before I can step away from this um and I think that's natural you know you have kind of like highs and lows in your practice um, but I kind of, I quite like having that marker that's just right. like, right, I have to, I, I will make myself do it to this point. That's cool. Um, and yeah, no, and it was a little bit like that. I, I knew I could do, I did it on time maps and I knew I could do maximum of two hours on my phone and then I had to back it up to Google Drive. I'm actually, I'm actually quite curious, just on, on this topic of the conversation, I'm actually kind of curious sure. about, does creating content for, you know, the algorithm, does that um, disrupt your flow of when you're creating art? Because, you know, you could be on a, working on a painting for an hour and then be like, oh, I have to stop and take a picture of it or I have to stop and record myself or I have to stop and make it real. Like, is it disruptive or does it actually help you? I have very mixed feelings about it. So I... I quite like writing about my work sometimes, mm. not all the time. And 
When I write longer posts, they seem to do quite well on Instagram. And I think because people seem to quite like reading it sometimes, I guess. Um, and that's quite nice for me because it's like it's this extra motivation to do this thing that I actually think is quite good for me to then understand the process. Um, like why, you know, what the, the painting is actually about. Because sometimes you don't realise at the time you have to think about it later and then you're like, oh, this is why I want to do this. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of like Instagram is just kind of hoop jumping that can get really annoying. And then the thing with um, writing these kind of long posts, like, I wouldn't say it's too long time, but every now and then you kind of, you do one and you're like, no, oh my God, nobody read it. Or is it just mm. terrible? Like, it, and it can be quite, it feels quite exposing. Um, mm. But yeah. How about you? I love it, man. You like it? I really love it. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Me and my friends. All the time? Yeah, all the time, man. Like, me and my friends talk about this quite a lot. Like the idea of uh, do you call content creators artists or not? You know, and right. like, is it a recognized art form and whatever? And for me, it's, it's just another avenue to express what I like doing. Okay. You know, like I love film. Like I really, really love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm just watching it, but I love the storytelling aspect. I love the. Post-production, I love colour grading. I just, I'm fascinated by it. I love how audio helps assist the story. Like, I love the pre-production. I love planning it and thinking about it. Like, I just, I love it, man. And I like that it's, for me, I, it just feels like another fun challenge. Like, I try not to think of the algorithm as this uh, set of systems or, or set of ideas of, of how to make something appealing to a wider market. I try and think of it of, what do I like in looking at and consuming? And then I'll try and make something like that. So I try, so I try and think of algorithms as just people. Like, so if it, if it doesn't perform, I don't think like, uh, yo, that it, it didn't work in the algorithm. I just think people didn't like it. You know, so it's a, for me, it's just, it's just another fun way of, of playing and exploring with another medium. And I just think, yeah, I just, I love it, man. I mean, I, I, there's loads of different nuances that I could talk about it, but I mean, overall, I just, I think, I think it's really great, man. Like, and it's such an easy way to communicate with an audience directly, you know? It's, it feels like direct democracy. Like, I don't need to get some gallery without being too offensive to galleries because I've never worked with one or whatever, but, you know, like I hear of people who take, uh, galleries take 40 to 70% commission mm -hmm. of them, and then they, they dictate how much work they, they make a month and what style of work um, sells to what type of audience um, and where it should be sold to. And I feel like with social media, in terms of documenting and making stuff with it, not specifically for it, but with social media, I feel like it's a, it's a case of I can just talk to the people that like consuming my work. Like I say to them, like, what do you think? You know, like, was it effective? I was going for this. Do you like it? Or not tell them and just see how they react. And it's, yeah, I love it. Man. Like, I really love it. I was looking at some of your reels and they're very playful and I liked that. And I was like, I like how you incorporate dance into the actual reels themselves. And I was like, this is clever. So that's why I thought I'd ask because like I looked through your Instagram and I was like, this is interesting the way you've done it. Because it, it's very much on brand, which that's a whole other topic, but it's very much on brand. Um, and I was like, this is clever. So that's why I asked because like you seem to very much enjoy it. And I don't meet artists who often enjoy it. So it's nice. It makes a nice change. Thanks, man. Yeah, that, you know what? It actually came from, I think a lot of it came from a, a there's a dancer in our scene. She's like the matriarch of the hip hop scene, a woman called Clara Bajardo, right? She's she's amazing. And uh, she told me, like, kind of when people found out that I, I made art in the dance scene, right? Everyone said the same thing that it was, uh, yo, you should, you should, uh, you should 
mix the two. And they all have the same crap ideas, like, yo, you should put paint on your shoes and walk across a carpet or, or like a canvas or whatever. And I was like, you know, like, yeah, cool, sure, I'll do that one day or whatever, but never thinking I would. And uh, she said, no, no. And she said, oh, you should do it. And I kind of rolled my eyes at her and said, like, of course, I'm not going to do it. Of course, that's a stupid idea. And she goes, no, you should uh, think of presentation, uh, mm. presenting your art for you. So not actually mixing necessarily the dance, but the idea of your whole thing is about moving in interesting ways. So try and present your work. And it's like film, like, like on special social media, allows me to cycle through these ideas really quickly and be playful. It's fun. Man. I love it. So Constance, your work involves or features a lot of solitary figures. So what is about that solitary figure that fascinates you? And kind of who is the ideal viewer for your work? Okay. Well, they're quite they're quite separate points. Um, okay, I'll solitary figures. Um honestly, probably didn't actually happen with too much intention. It's it's genuinely not always easy to kind of have a camera, have some water that's like safe for people to get in and someone willing to do it. And just genuinely when I started, I never managed to be able to pin down more than one person for it. Um, I have, I have one painting in this exhibition that has two figures in it and it definitely did do something to my head because it took me a really long time to finish it. And it's normally I work on one and I literally just work on it solidly from start to completion. I don't take breaks, but this one actually took me about two and a half years and it kind of got left in different wow. locations. No, I wasn't, I probably didn't spend like hour per hour, but it was really over quite like an extended period of time. Um, and yeah, it, I kind of, it, yeah, it was definitely doing something to my head, I think, but I actually really like it. And it's something that I kind of want to do a little bit more. Um, I've had this crazy plan that I'm going to get like a big group of people at Suiting Back Lido over summer and just go with the camera and just have all those bodies and kind of see what happens. Um, but um I think I think the solitary figure is quite interesting and this kind of segues into the second part of this question because I think I get a lot of um, kind of viewer insertion as a response to my work and I, like, I really, really like that. But I think a lot of people are drawn to my work because it kind of has this quite like a quite serene, calming quality to it mm-hmm. and, and something quite... Um, meditative perhaps and I think having one figure kind of allows people to just it becomes very much about that person viewing it at the time and they can just kind of insert themselves into that setting um there are people who just aren't into water who just aren't going to relate to the work and I think that's like I, I, I don't know if you've had this but I saw that loads of other aren't there people who just didn't like yeah yeah yeah, of yeah man. and like not everyone is going to resonate with what you do but I think if people have like an interest in water that allows for like an easy access point for the work um but I guess it doesn't it, like it, it doesn't have to and I mean I love it when people who you know don't swim or don't have any kind of connection to swimming like my work like that's lovely because I guess the whole point of the work is that it, it speaks to whoever it speaks to and it doesn't have to even be about the swimming or the experience of the swimming itself because you know it can hark onto a lot of different dualities and different points that you know maybe you even thought of you know particularly when the whole kind of like liminal space, kind of the idea of escapism in both of your works, you know, that's a huge pull for a lot of people. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. But I, I actually was just, I had to write an interview and it was something that I was writing about. You have to be prepared for people to make, I mean, I think art is kind of all about like 
emotional connections to the work. And you have to kind of be prepared for people to make emotional connections that you just did not anticipate. But that's really interesting. Um, that's, a, that's the fun of it, though. Yeah, definitely. And like people yeah. will connect to it or sometimes really dislike it for reasons that you hadn't, um, yeah, hadn't thought about. And that's quite interesting. Yeah, that's like that's a fun and joy of being an artist and being able to at least have people look at your work physically and be there whilst they're actually there. But the last question for you, Lee, would be how important are poses and stances of the figures in your work? The poses that I paint or just poses in general? Yeah, the poses that you paint, because you're being very specific about imagery you've chosen and what imagery you're portraying. But yeah, how important are the poses? They're really important, man, because it's like, uh, that was the inspiration for the first two. The one behind me um, is, uh, and then... In fact, all, yeah, and then Adlakusha, and then all three actually. So the three dancers that I picked, um, and their poses were quite specific. So my my thing was, all right, cool. I want to try and put them into fine art spaces, but trying to put street dance into a fine art space seems a little bit forced, um, unless there's some kind of link. And the link I found was that uh, the poses that we do in poppings is very much um, a pose dance. So. The idea is that at any point in the freestyle, I should be able to pause you and see some kind of shape. And those poses and shapes that we see and that we use a lot in popping are actually kind of found throughout our history. And it kind of came from conversations that I had with people in the National Portrait Gallery. So I used to live in Holborn and I would just go to Leicester Square, just walk to the National Portrait Gallery every weekend for like two years. And I would just basically just talk to people in there and just see what they liked about the work. Because um, there are some pieces that I didn't get and I kind of wanted to learn, obviously. And uh, the kind of things that you come back to is that when people kind of talked about it a bit more, they would always uh, talk about how the figure was posed and how strong it made the subject and, and, and whatever. And and I used to say to them, you know, we do this in street dance as well. And you'd always get the kind of chuckle, like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Whatever. But I used to say to them, not really. And, and there were some that would, kind of entertain the conversation. I would show them videos of it and then they would start to appreciate it. And then I noticed that the poses that we do are actually in places like high fashion or model shoots or whatever. Um, so the poses that I picked, they're three. Uh, so the serpentine figure is from, uh, is, is what breaks, which is this figure, that, that dancer, sorry, is what he uh, kind of represents. Then you've got Adlacuccio, which is um, like a, a general, a strong soldier type. And then you've got uh, Contraposto, which is like the, you know the Statue of David? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that pose is called Contraposto. The idea is like a, a counterpoint, like the idea of showing dynamic movement, but in a relaxed way. And there's really pretty much the description of popping is that dynamic stuff, but you're 80% of the time you're relaxed because you have to be able to snap and, and explode very rapidly, but relax quite quickly as well. Um, so the, yeah, the poses are really specific and important, um, especially because it shows nuance in our dance. And it's, it's yeah, I think it, it's something that people can lean on. Um, but the thing that I'm going to explore next is the, uh, is the movement in between the poses. So, and, and how to capture that, but really how you remember those movements in between poses. So the poses are more like anchors for you to be able to enjoy the movement in between and not get lost. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's really important. See, that's also really interesting because the figures are in this kind of almost blank space. So the idea of being lost is kind of interesting. Like that's an interesting kind of uh, way to phrase it, I think. Okay, so the coolest question to end on, I guess, is like, how did you find the opening of the show? And uh, how do people react to your work? Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I just went into, I kind of, 
I'm really like I I'm really really pleased we did it and I think people really enjoyed it but I mean I was just in like full-on host mode that conversation I mentioned that was my only bit of like art chat I had all night really? yeah wow. genuinely and like, oh my god I've, not, I've like not done it because I actually quite like art chat um but um yeah no I just felt like I was kind of like just running around being like well you've arrived let me get you a drink I'll put your foot away but um but it was still like it was great um and it was nice just yeah getting a lot of people people around how about you yeah, I loved it, man. I thought it was, I thought it was sick. I thought it was incredible, man. Like, just, I, I was a bit worried because obviously I, I've never done, well, maybe not obviously, I've never done anything like this before. So uh, in the street dance scene, I'm kind of, I've, I've managed to build a reputation like this quite, uh, it's quite nice. So I'm kind of used to people being aware of what I'm doing at the time and, and giving me and giving me the time to appreciate what it is that I'm doing. But we're in art, obviously, I don't know. Again, maybe not obviously I keep saying that, but I don't really know anyone. So I kind of, I was worried that my, my, maybe like eight people would turn up and yeah. it kind of bounced real quick. So it was, uh, it was, it was really nice because it got up like what, 45 minutes? It was packed. It was really cool. Yeah, it was like one in, one out. And it was like, it was meant to go on until nine. It went on until 10 and, and people wow. loved the work. And, and the people that came to see Constance, they liked my work. And the people that I invited, they, they fell in love with what Constance was doing. So it was it was just, it was incredible, man. We had like a bunch of different people down, like friends, family, people that we've known or known of or seen in passing that we really wanted to kind of get, get their eyes on our work, talk to about it. And it's, yeah, I loved it. Man. It was, it was, it was really, it was a really cool first experience. That's really cool. I think also with a great artist as well, who is very well established in these things as well. So, you know, you, you could have picked a better person to be doing this with, I must say. No, yeah, um, yeah, it's that. Uh, yeah, I got really lucky. Really lucky. It was real cool. Thanks. Wow. Anyways, thank you so much for being here and doing this. No, thank you so much. Really thanks, Nick. This has been really fun. That concludes my conversation with Lee Putman and Constance Regardso. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email over at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com get in touch by social media sites such as instagram and twitter the flying fruit bar podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as spotify youtube and apple music if you like the show please consider rating reviewing sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word also please don't forget to check out the flyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and if you're a creative please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed we now also have a patreon if you're interested in supporting the platform further to listen out for more pound and for more information and rewards, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Additionally, if monthly donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal for one-time donations. I'll include a link to our PayPal in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today. Until next time, folks, please stay safe.